You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. We're talking about the mess and the magic in modern motherhood today, so grab your mom friends to tune in. Tara Clark runs the popular Instagram account at Modern Mom Probs with so much real and relatable mom content. In today's conversation, she drops insight on everything from setting screen time boundaries to connecting with respect during tantrums. So I think you'll find yourself breathing a sigh of relief, knowing you are so not alone on all of the crazy wild rides in your own motherhood journey. Stay tuned through this conversation, drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to, and without further ado, welcome Tara. Hey, thanks for having me. I know, it's funny. I know this isn't airing until a few weeks after, but we are recording this conversation the day after Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to you, Erica. What did you do for Mother's Day? Oh, we just kept it super chill. We did brunch at my mom's house, and that was pretty much it. (laughs) So really casual. How about you? Uh, My husband had to work, so it wasn't like making breakfast in bed kind of thing. It was just like a regular day. Okay, I also don't love the concept of breakfast in bed because I feel like I would just spill my coffee all over myself and then be upset. (laughs) I agree. It's like, I don't want crumbs in my bed. Don't give me stuff that I'm going to have to clean out later. Exactly. I feel gross. But uh, yeah, yeah. for those who don't know, uh, Tara runs an incredibly hilarious and real Instagram account with over 600,000 followers called Modern Mom Probs. And she just released a book, by the same name, Modern Mom Probs, a survival guide for 21st century mothers. So super stoked to have you here, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Tell us all about you. Oh, thanks. Uh, so I'm Tara. I am the mom to an eight-year-old son named Jack. And yeah, I'm the creator of Modern Mom Probs. And so I love to both create content and then post and share content that is both uplifting and funny. It's awesome. I think you do exactly that. And it's also funny that your son's name is Jack because I feel like every single little boy that I know in my life is named Jack. So I think that my daughter thinks that boys are just named Jack. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. And I, and if you've ever watched Will and Grace, like there was a character, Jack, and he would always be like, just Jack. So like my son is an only child, right? So people are like, oh, well, like, you know, like, well, like tell me about your kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's just Jack. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're you're missing my spirit fingers here, but like, I'm just going to tell you through the radio that it's just Jack with my spirit fingers. (laughs) Oh, so fitting. Well, since it's called Modern Mom Probs, I think that's a good place to start. What do you think are some of the biggest problems facing modern moms today? It's a really good question. You know, it's funny. When I started my account, I really wanted to base it more on like first world problems. And that was like sort of like the whole concept behind it. But then like now here we are like four or five years later and like we have like legit like probs now that we didn't necessarily have before, you know, like a global pandemic and and all of that. And so it's this question is sort of a different question than I would have like answered, you know, four or five years ago. So um, some, I think, underlying probs that most moms tend to face now lately have been loneliness 
through the pandemic, especially loneliness for new moms who are stuck at home with their young infants. And so that's, it always has been a problem, but it's only really been exacerbated through the pandemic. So that's one thing. Um, another prob I see a lot for moms of older children is screen time, trying to like manage the situation of like how much screen time is too much screen time. And um, so those are probably two really big ones. And then a third one now would be like working from home mom probs, right? So you're trying to do a Zoom call with a client and then like your toddler's like sitting on your shoulders or they need to go to the bathroom and they need a snack and all of those things. And so there's just so many things. There's so many more mom probs now, I think that than we had a couple of years ago. Totally. And we're going to dive into all of that, but I'm so glad you also mentioned work from home because I completely, as a work at home mom myself, until my daughter just started preschool in April, Oh my goodness, I completely 100%, actually 1000% underestimated how hard being a work at home parent is. Like, holy moly, to a whole other level, like, can't even, can't even. But, um, yeah, Can, yeah. can't even is exactly the best way. Just can't even. Because the thing is, too, is like every time, like, you're thinking a thought, like a grown up thought, like a, you know, a working mom thought, right? You're like, <laughs> all right, let me finish this email. And you start typing the email and then, like, they pop up your kids. I'm saying like they pop up and then they need something. You're like, okay, no, now I'm distracted. And then you have mm -hmm. to like get back into focus. And so I think like the distraction and the focus, I mean, at least for me, that was like, that's the biggest thing. Totally. Or like you're typing that email and then Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is on in the background and then you find yourself signing off like, oh, if you've got ears, say cheers. And then you're like, wait, can't say that. <laughs> like not, not appropriate. <laughs> so, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of having theme songs stuck in your head all day, mm -hmm, too, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. But, dance. oh, all, all the time, all the time. But I, you also just mentioned this. I know, and I know so much of your Instagram account, too, was created to kind of have that digital sense for moms of their village, you know? So I'd love to hear any tips you might have for also cultivating mom friends in real life, especially as we start to, fingers crossed, ease out of all of the pandemic and now we can kind of go out and begin socializing again. I've started to see this now at preschool uh, pickup where like moms are in cars and you still can't socialize, but everyone's just kind of like waving like, hi, I know our kids are in school together and I have no idea who you are or who your kid is, but hello, solidarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's so tricky because, you know, historically I would recommend like go to the park, go to the playgrounds and you'll meet people there. But unfortunately, with the pandemic, it's been so hard, you know, like I, I keep hearing stories of moms who are trying to like approach other moms to be friendly. And then those moms like just straight up turn around and walk away because like you're not talking to people you don't know during the pandemic. And so that's been really challenging, making new friends, like I said, at the parks or the playgrounds. I think in the preschools, it's really important because I know that I remember when, when my son, he was in, in daycare for a little while as an infant, there was like one mom that I knew I wanted to be friends with her. And I was like, I'm gonna like stalk this mom in a good way, like stalk this mom. Cause like, she's gonna be mine. You know, like she's gonna be <laughs> my mom friend. And then long story short, like, you know, I was brave enough. I was like, here's my number. Like maybe we can meet up someday, this and that. And then like, it just, you know, we totally clicked and we hit it off and, and, you know, we were really good friends ever since then. But sometimes you'd have to like work up the courage to like talk to that like one mom friend. It's not far off from like dating, right? You see somebody, you're like, oh, I want that person. Let me like try to be friends with that person. 
And so I say, just try to work up the courage, but again, it is really challenging now with the pandemic. But if you work up the courage, you give your number to that person, be like, text me. So then maybe you could kind of start like a text relationship or a friendship on your cell phones before that you're able to like all hang out in person again. Mm -hmm. That's so smart. That's so funny too, because I had a similar situation happen where I saw a mom in preschool pickup next to me and I, she was really cool. She had on really cool studded sandals and I was so close. She was like a couple parking spots over though. And I was so close. I was like, do I yell out the window right now? I like your shoes. And like brave the fact she's got her two kids get, she's getting into the car. I'm like, she's not, this is not the setup, Erica, like refrain, but mom blonde mom with the really cool studded sandals in an suv with two children if you're listening i want to be your friend because you seem really cool like yeah. that's yeah i feel you no I, <laughs> right that's what it is sometimes you see that person you go i want to be them that's yeah, yeah i want to know more about her i want her if to nothing hang out else, we yeah. would vibe in the mall together <laughs> yes, exactly i think that's what it is but like if you think about it Eric, like if someone yelled to you while you were putting your daughter in the car and like you'd be like oh that'd probably make your whole day right Oh, I would definitely run over and be like, do you want to know? Here's the link. Here's where I got them. <laughs> like, yes. Do the exactly. full thing. So. And so you know what? So next time, just just give her a holler. Just sure, shout sure. it out and be like, yeah. oh my God, I love your shoes. And yeah. then I bet you'll make her entire day. And then you guys might be best friends forever. You know, I, I'm down for that. You've given me newfound confidence. So watch out preschool pickup. Um, yeah. Here I come. That's <laughs> Erica's on the prowl. <laughs> <laughs> on the prowl. Oh my gosh. You also mentioned though, screen time. Talk to me about yeah. this. Cause I know your son's eight, my daughter's two and a half, but like we're already, I think it's funny because before I ever had kids, I think maybe before we all have kids, we have this idea in our heads of, oh my gosh, I'm totally not going to do screens until they're this old. And then they're going to get 10 minutes max and that's it. And then you reach a point where like something just shifts a little bit. And I would love your, <laughs> I would love your perspective on screen time because I know it's, it's hard when you're in the position of needing it or debating it for your own child for many reasons. So tell us about this. Yeah, you totally nailed it because I think before everyone is a parent, they're like, no, my kid's not going to need that. They're just going to sit and read all the time. And you know, reading's wonderful and, and I'm a huge fan of reading, obviously, but that's not always the case in, you know, 2021. So what I like to tell parents to do is set boundaries around screen time, because I know a lot of times, especially with like toddlers and younger children, if you don't set the boundaries, they sort of turn into what I call the screen fiend. And then they're like kicking and screaming, not wanting to hand the phone back, not wanting to hand the iPad back. So the conversation you need to have with them even before you hand over the phone or the iPad is to say, let's set a timer. You can do it on Alexa or Google or whatever. Let's set a timer for 30 minutes. You could watch your videos and then we're gonna hand this back and then we're gonna go play a game or then you could go flip through your book. And so it's really important to set those boundaries so that they're not surprised when you go, okay, game's over. Okay, shut your video off. Okay, you know, turn off the iPad. So at least like you've had the conversation before going into it. And so that's like one of my biggest recommendations. Mm -hmm. So smart. We've had to do that a couple times with Liv too, or like if she wants to watch part of a movie, we have to set it. Okay. When he gets to this scene, <laughs> then smart. we're going to pause and then mm -hmm. we'll pick it up tomorrow or something so that it's mm -hmm. not, let's just, you know, watch it the whole time. But 
I also think it's important for moms to know that it's okay when sometimes yes. you need a screen for yourself. Like it doesn't make oh, you a bad yeah. mom if no, you're having a horrible day and you're like, you know what? Dang it. You can watch Moana. That's fine. Like I yes. know it's Tuesday and it's three o'clock, but like Moana it is for everybody's sake. Like hundred percent. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm guilty of that just as much as the next person because mm-hmm. you know, if I have a phone call or a zoom call or something like that, I'm like, you know, here's your iPad ahead <laughs> you know because like you know that they're going to be safe they're not going to get into any and I'm using this in quotes like in, into any trouble or anything like that yeah. you know while you're on the phone call yeah that's a been a big thing as a work-at-home parent that was kind of like where my own mindset started to shift with it because I was like gosh darn it if I need if I have a call or if I have a couple of emails or something that have to get done I can't necessarily rely on a specific toy, especially at this age, because if she all of a sudden can't figure something out, then I might have a tantrum in the middle of that too, where it's like, mommy, I can't figure it out. So I'm like, sometimes you just need something that actually is going to have their attention for a dedicated amount of time. Like one episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse really can work wonders, I swear, because it just gives you, you're like, all right, I know I have 20 minutes Mm -hmm. where I'm going to be not interrupted and it's okay. And it's... You need that exactly. <laughs> puppy dog pals can be your best friend. Yeah. Okay. So also speaking of meltdowns, then my mm. own daughter, she's two and a half, obviously. So like tantrum town is where I live. Uh, drop us some words of wisdom on effectively managing meltdowns, especially since with an eight year old, you're like, you're in the clear. Oh, thank God I am. And I'll tell you why, because so my son between the ages of like 18 months to like three had like legit serious meltdowns to the point where like I sometimes say like that's only why I have only one child because they were like really intense I wish that I had this information back then you know now as like you know mom of an eight-year-old I feel like it's like a long time ago now but um but no it was it was very real so um things that I like to say well two things. One, if you're not following the Instagram account, big little feelings, absolutely follow them. They are incredible uh, for sharing information about how to cope with toddler tantrums. Another really good um, Instagram account is Dr. Becky. It used to be Dr. Becky at home, but I think she changed it. I want to say it's like Dr. Becky good inside. I think it's her new name. She also talks a lot about um, tantrums. And so Sometimes the best thing you can do is, this is what I always say, connect with respect and say, you know, I I see that you're having a hard time. You're a good kid who's having a hard time right now. Mommy's going to be here if you need me. And then sort of let them just like work out through the issues that that they're having. But those two resources are are some of my my best resources. Um, So I highly recommend visiting their pages. Yeah. I feel you. Okay, what now I have to know what was like the worst, worst tantrum memory you have? Because I feel like my girlfriends and I and my own mom and I always are are like, okay, so did you have to throw yours like over your shoulder and leave a store with a cart in the middle of it? Because that's what happened to me. So is that just my kid? Or um, are we all is that a stage that they all hit where like you leave the cart in the store and you're like, all right, here we go (laughs) over the shoulder. You're like carrying them like a surfboard. Literally, as they scream. And then all the 17-year-old cashiers are like, oh, God, like, don't grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't grow up. No, it's true. No, so it's not just you. I think that happens a lot of times. And that's when you know that you just need to, like, leave, go home, go in the car, sit in the car, get some fresh air, have a sip of water, 
listen to some quiet music, all of those things just to have time to decompress both for you and for your child. Um, so yeah, you're definitely not alone. Cause like my son was a ticking time bomb, literally ticking time. Anytime we left the house, and even if when we were home, but anytime we left the house, we knew that he was a ticking time bomb before we could do whatever it was, go out to dinner, uh, run errands, see friends, whatever it is before he would explode. And then we would have to go home like that. Another really great piece of advice came from one of my friends who is a psychologist. She's a child psychologist. And she said, and I love this advice. And so I'm going to share this with you, Erica, is that when you have play dates, especially in that two and a half age, always keep them to like 90 minutes to two hours because you want to end on a high note. You don't want to end the play date with either kid kicking and screaming and then you're carrying them out on the shoulder and then you're like, I don't want to go to their house anymore, you know, and then everyone's just like totally burnt out. If you keep the play dates short, everyone has a good time. The kid's confidence is higher because you're not kicking, you know, taking them out, kicking and screaming. And it's just successful all around. So those are my my suggestions for play dates. Super smart. Would you say that your own son is or was and still is a strong willed kid? Yes. And I okay. think that was part of it too. There's a great book called Raising a Spirited Child or Raising Your Spirited Children. Uh, love that book. Highly recommend it. It talks about different kids' temperaments and, you know, um, extroverts versus introverts and like how you charge your batteries versus like how you are like introverts charge their batteries by you know having quiet and, and having some time to themselves whereas extroverts get their energy from the energy of others right so I always like to use this as an example of like going to Times Square in New York City I used to work in Times Square because I used to work at Nickelodeon so every morning when I would get out of the subway I'd go into Times Square and the buzz and the electricity of that would just fill me up and and I would like have this like surge of like energy and be like oh I'm gonna start the day right now, my husband, who is an introvert, would do the same thing. Like, let's say he would come out of the subway to visit me at work, you know, like after work or something, pick me up and go to dinner. He would get out of the subway, see all the stuff in Times Square, and it would instantly deplete his batteries. And that's like a perfect example of like introverts batteries versus extroverts, right? And so the kids are the same way, right? So you have to consider that when you're having play dates, you have to consider that when you're running errands and, and all of those things. And so that book about the spirited children really lent a lot of insight mm -hmm. into, into that. That's awesome. What's the best piece of advice you've received, I guess, along the way or that you've figured out through experience in raising a strong-willed child and really like fostering that strength and <laughs> remaining patient through the power struggle because I feel like yeah. that's that's like the biggest thing our daughter is so strong-willed and I know a lot of moms who message me on Instagram are like yep my kids the same way yeah. where you know right from the bat like there's there's I mean, everyone thinks their kid is special and every kid is special, but like, you're like, okay, dude, you're a future leader. Like you are strong-willed. No one's going to mess with you. This is awesome for you and also for me down the road. But right now, uh, white flag of surrender, like holy mackerel. <laughs> They're so like, I, I'm like, my kid's going to be a lawyer or that's it. That's her option because- President. 
Right. I, I'm like, I, I distinctly remember the first time I was reading, I didn't read too many books or anything. I was like, I'm going to figure out my own kid as I go. And I distinctly remember though, I knew how they would say, okay, give your kid options, option A or option B. And that mm -hmm. empowers them and it feels great. And I remember the first time I did it and I was like, oh honey, do you want this or this? And she looked at it and she was like, I, I, could, I could have been like, do you want apples or oranges? And she was like, mm, I want um, grapefruit. And you're like, well, first of all, that's not like not on the spectrum of what we were talking about. <laughs> like she'll right, right off the bat. It's like options don't work. This things don't work. She's like, I know what I want. I know when I want it. And like, here, here we go. So yeah, my um, son's the same way or so I totally cool. understand about that. Cause like you say like apples or oranges and he's like peas and you're like, yeah. And you're like, actually not cool. No. So, um, my, it took me years. I mean, literally I've been doing this for a long time now, right? It took me years to really understand. And like I said, connect with respect. So sometimes you have to take a step back and acknowledge them for who they are, respect their opinions for what they are. And, and it's really hard to sort of like let go, but like to go into that whole like S, um, Elsa kind of thing, right? Like just, just let it go because you are not going to change them. And you know what? You don't want to change them. You don't want to change her spirit. You don't want to break her spirit just because it makes it easier for us. Like sometimes that, that's the thing you're like, oh, well, just, just listen, you know, like, why won't you just like do like, but really you don't want her to in the scheme of life. Right. And you may want her to put on like her socks. Cause you guys are going to go to, you know, in shoes, cause you're going to go to the park for that exact like moment in time. But for the long, long term of it, like I said, just take a step back, let it go, respect her for who she is, her choices. And she's going to, she's going to develop into that. And then it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be amazing, mm -hmm. but it's really hard in the moment. You're like, oh, just put on your socks or, you know, just pick the apples or the oranges. Just, just pick one, please. So yeah. I get it. But sometimes just walk away. That's actually my biggest advice. Sometimes just walk away. Yeah. I love that. How do you manage that? And since you also have an only child, this is, I think, probably a relevant question too. How do you manage that with the thought of, okay, you don't want them becoming someone who's always getting their way and never having dissonance where then they grow up in the world thinking, I get my way on everything. And you like create a little monster along the way too. I'm like, I feel like siblings sometimes start to naturally help teach those lessons and they can figure it out between themselves. But like, I'm always thinking of that with Liv since she's still an only child where I'm just like, oh, like I want you to be strong willed and still have this. But also I feel like I am the one responsible right now for also making sure that like you are well aware that you do not always get your way. Yeah, I, that's a good question. So I am also an only child. I'm an only child with an only child. <laughs> and I have several cousins who are also only children all of which are exceptionally successful people. Lawyers, you know, people in finance, like, I mean, I wouldn't call myself successful, but I'm saying like, uh, my you cousins. Are. You are, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm gonna like, you know, I'm gonna rep my cousins right now. So like, you know, super successful, super smart people. And they were all only children and, and they don't think that the world revolves around them. Uh, and I, I don't think the world revolves around me either. So um, I think, I think it's important to instill the concept that you are part of a family and this family is a team 
and we need to help each other out, whether it's to do chores, you know, we, let's help mommy out do this. Let's help daddy do this. Let's help grandma and grandpa. And so that you're one of the team players in this team of a family. And I think that helps to, to frame it like that. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned the tip of walking away too. So now I want to know what is another tip? Like if you had to just pick one, one tip that you think absolutely all moms should know, not that moms like unsolicited advice, but they don't. <laughs> I'm like, that's like, like our least favorite thing. Advice. Right. We're actually like, actually, can we not have tips on anything that we should know? Um, no, but like one tip where you're like, okay, I realistically think that all moms should know this and all moms are probably grateful to know this after hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> what so do you think it would be? Yeah. Oh gosh. There's probably so many. So definitely walk away. Like when you need a second straight up walk away, people will say like, Oh, count and this and that. Like, I don't even find counting as helpful. My son also like, he was never big into the like, okay, count to five. So you're not upset. Take a deep breath, belly breathing. Like he's not that kid. Right. So sometimes he just needs to walk away. I need to walk away. We'll come back and be like, you know what? I don't want to fight. Let's not fight. He actually said that yesterday, which I thought was like the sweetest thing ever. He didn't want to color like pictures for his grandma for, for uh, Mother's Day. I mean, he did it, but very reluctantly. And then I was like frustrated about that. And then he was frustrated. And then we all like walked away for like 15 minutes. And then he came back and he's like, mommy, I don't want to fight with you. And I was like, I don't want to fight either. And so I think walking away can really be one of the biggest things. The other thing, keeping with that is really connect with respect as much as you can, because your children are little people. They have feelings just because they're smaller than we are and don't have the life experience that we do. Doesn't mean that they don't have opinions. Doesn't mean that they don't have insight. In fact, in my book, I interview my son. It's one of my favorite chapters in the entire book. And I interview him. And what he said was mommies should listen to kids more often. Because the mommies are always telling the kids what to do. But really, the mommies should just sit back sometimes and listen to what we have to say because we have a lot of really good things to say. And so that would be my tip is to really tune in with your kids and see what they have to say about things. Because they don't like being told what to do all the time. They really don't. And like, you don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be told what to do. And they don't either. I think that's such good advice. And also so relevant because I think sometimes as moms, we are in, as parents in general, we tend to project our own favorite things, our own wants and needs and whatever onto our kids, mm -hmm. expecting them to just follow in our footsteps for everything. Totally. And I feel like I'm hyper aware of that or try to be really intentional about that with parenting my own daughter where it's like, I don't, it's like as much as I want her to do certain things, I also am like, try to be super cognizant of, okay, but do you actually like that? Like, do you, what do you want to do? And really trying to foster that so that she's her own little unique individual and not just a carbon copy of me. Yes, right, exactly. Because when, when my son was like two and a half, three years old, like we were saying, okay, we're going to do soccer and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you're going to wear this and you're going to wear that. And then after a while, like, you, you get so much pushback on that because like, that's not who he is. You know, that's not who he wants to be. If he wants to wear this, I'd let him, you know, if he only wants to wear sweatpants, guess what? He's only going to wear, wear sweatpants right now. It's not going to last forever, but it's going to last for right now. And like, that's okay too, you know? And I, I agree with you a thousand percent, Erica, about that. Is that it, as yeah. a parent, it's so easy to be like, this is what you like. This is what you eat. This is what you wear. This is what you watch. But then sometimes they have to push back and be like, but I'm a person too. And like, I want you to, hear what I have to say, 
you know, Mm -hmm. and I want you to like hear what I want, what I like and all of those things. Yeah. You mentioned your book. So tell us more about your book. Yeah, so it's called Modern Mom Probs, a survival guide for 21st century mothers. And in it, I talk about 99 problems. So I say we got 99 problems, but motherhood ain't one. And so some of the topics are serious. It's about you know postpartum depression or breastfeeding, allyship, um, bullying, and then other ones are like super silly and funny just for the sake of being funny. But you know some of them are about making mom friends and making dad friends, and some of them are about like the best chicken nuggets and um, it's a, it's a great read. It's a read that like, it's super easy and digestible. You don't have to like sit and read it from like problem one to problem 99. You could like kind of like pick and choose what, what you want to talk about. That's awesome. Wait, what are the best chicken nuggets? Because now this inquiring mother needs to know. <laughs> the best chicken nuggets are the chicken nuggets that you can get in your child's hands fastest. <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's so true. <laughs> that's ultimately what it is whatever you could get in in their mouth fastest then that's that's the one that's the winner super super relevant oh my gosh uh okay I also want to know because I'm curious what is one of the funniest things that has happened to you as a mom and also one of the most mortifying (laughs) Ooh, um one of the funniest things happened during the pandemic we so like you know like when the pandemic hit like there wasn't like a lot of like groceries and that kind of stuff and so i was like oh and like the pizzerias were closed i was like oh let's make like pizza as a family and so you know people are all making sourdough bread and all that kind of stuff you know online i'm like i could do this i totally got this so i look in my pantry i'm like okay what do i have well i don't have flour but i do have like tomato sauce so i used pancake mix to make pizza and like it looked good like we made the dough and like as a family we're like oh yeah we're doing this um so like pinteresty and so we make it it looks beautiful I, you know i put it in the oven it bakes take it out and i like cut it with the pizza roller and like we try to eat it and it's like the single nastiest food you could ever imagine it was a, if you could think of like it was almost like a cookie with like tomato sauce and cheese it was like a pizza on a cookie. It was so bad. It was so bad. And so my husband always tells me like, and he, and he's right about this, that like, I get these ideas in my head. Like I want to make the magic. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be like, we're going to make the magic as a family, but I don't always have like the right components to do that. And so that was like a prime example when like, I didn't have the, the right components for my pandemic pizza. My, it was like yeah. my pandemic pancake pizza. It was so nasty. Do your pancakes normally come out like cookies too? Or was that unique to the pizza? It was unique to the pizza. <laughs> That's what's funny. I'm like, but the pa- how did the pancake mix turn out like a cookie? Because <laughs> when we like really cooked it in the oven. Yeah. You know, if you can oh, imagine, no. it was like really in the oven. And then it had, yeah, it had the cheese and the tomato sauce. Like it looked beautiful. It had like fresh, mm-hmm. like maybe, did it have fresh basil? It may have had fresh basil. Like it had all the right components, except yeah. that it was um, pancake flour and not like actual flour. That could be one of the biggest disappointments as a mom when you have this idea for like this magical thing and you're like, I have got the perfect idea. This is going to be the most fairy tale afternoon together. And then something goes wrong. And that in and of itself is like where, where you just jump off the cliff and you're like, I'm done because. Happens to me all the time, Erica. Happens to me like so often that now it's like a running joke between my husband and I, because then around, so that was in like, you know, last spring or whatever. Then around Christmas, I was like, oh, I'm going to do, 
uh, gingerbread houses. So I look in the pantry and I was like, what do I have to make gingerbread houses? I have like a fraction of the things required to make gingerbread houses. But I'm like, yeah, no, no, we're going to do it. Did it. It was a disaster. And then around Easter, I was like, oh, we're going to dye eggs because, again, want to make the magic. Didn't have nearly any of the things that I needed. The only thing I did have was like the eggs. (laughs) And I was like, all right, we're going to make the magic. And my husband's like, why do you keep doing this? I was like, because I want my child to have a nice childhood. <laughs> and then it escalates though. And if it doesn't happen, you're like, I'm a bad mom. And it's like, yeah, no, no. no you just, so just know you're not idea. a bad mom. You just yeah. need to go food shopping sometimes. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Uh, well, Tara, it's been so good having you on Thrive. I want to close out by asking you two questions that I ask every guest and that is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? I love that question. I do. And I love that everyone's going to have like a totally different answer. Yeah. It always amazes me. All the answers are completely different. Yeah. I think thriving is being effective in the different roles. I always talk about the fact of like, there's no such thing as like work-life balance because if one thing is balanced and the other thing's going to be unbalanced and so like just crush that concept altogether. So I strive for effectiveness. And so like, if I'm being a really effective mother one day, I'm, I'm hitting all my right points. You know what? Guess what? I'm doing the eggs correctly. I'm doing the gingerbread houses correctly. We're making the magic. I'm making the pizza. Um, uh, you know, I'm being present with my child. Like, all of those things are being effective. And then as far as like, you know, from a work perspective, if I'm being an effective business owner, um, then I'm doing the right things. You know, I'm answering the emails, I'm on the client calls, all of that kind of stuff. So I think effectiveness has a lot to do with thriving and then also taking care of myself. You know, if I don't, you know, work out or drink enough water and then I feel kind of feel like garbage, then I'm over caffeinated, which I love caffe- I love being caffeinated, but I don't want to be over caffeinated. You know, yeah. there's like that, like, that delicate line where like you're feeling really good, but if you have like that next cup of coffee, then you then you're like, like oh. bitch. <laughs> yes, exactly. Totally. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's so good. So tell everybody where they can find you online. Obviously at Modern Mom Probs is like yes. the key, but tell us where we can find you online and where everyone can grab a copy of your book. Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, I'm Modern Mom Probs. Uh, on my website is www.modernmomprobs.com. And you could find the book on Amazon, uh, Target.com, Walmart.com, BarnesandNoble.com, pretty much any website that sells books, you could find the book. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.